We are in a series looking at um, just the basics of what we believe in Christianity. And my, my prayer for you as we, we go through this series is we need to know what we believe about God in order uh, to deal with all the craziness in our world today. Can we say it's a little crazy out there today? It's a little crazy in our world today. And we need to know what we believe about God. And here, what we're going to look at today is something very interesting. Um, Moses had this encounter with God. And Moses is in the middle of nowhere. And God comes to Moses and shows Moses who he is and what purpose Moses' life would be. And God shows Moses his presence. And what I want to look at today is in that encounter that Moses had uh, with God, God revealed to Moses his character and who he was and wanted to have a relationship with Moses. And this relationship that God would have with Moses would help him through all the things that he would have to traverse through in his life because he would have to go back to Egypt and help lead God's children out of, uh, through deliverance, through the slavery that they were under. And so God wanted to have this personal relationship with Moses, and God desires to have that relationship with you and I. Have you ever just known somebody, and then you got to know them personally? You know, you got, you got beyond just the formalities, and then you really got to know that person. I've been married um, 31 years to Kathleen, my wife. Amen. Right? Pray for her, because she's married to me. You know, and I remember when, um, when, when Kathleen and I uh, first met, it was at church, and we were attendants, attending this church, and it was really cool, because the church was a very old church. It was built in the late 1800s, and the church had a balcony that kind of wrapped around the church, so you could sit in the balcony and then see the people that were um, sitting down on the, on the main floor. The, the church was incredible. It probably sat seven, 800 people. The acoustics in the church were incredible. So back then, you didn't have cool people like Dave Lamondola running your sound. It was just that that's, you didn't have that. And if you stood in the middle of the sanctuary, you could literally speak like a normal voice, and you could be standing the other end, and you could hear that person like they're right next to you. It was just incredible, incredible um, acoustics, beautiful, beautiful um, building. But anyways, our, our family would sit up in the balcony, and when I first saw Kathleen, she was sitting down um, on the main floor. And so, you know, as a, as a teenager, you know, I would just be so into the message. Uh, I would be taking notes. Why are you guys laughing? This is a true story. Yeah. No, I would be looking at the girls sitting down the main uh, floor. So anyways, I saw Kathleen there, and, and I noticed that, you know, she's kind of dressed preppy. You know, she would wear dock siders. You know, this is the 80s. She wore dock siders, and she had her collar up, and she had a bow in her hair. And I'm like, oh, that girl's kind of cute. You know, she must be from Pittsburgh, you know. And come to find out, she was from Wayne County. And I didn't know that. No, I'm teasing. She was from Chilock. But anyways, so, and so I, I saw her. And so she was in youth group. I was in youth group. We got to meet each other. We dated when we were in high school for a little bit, broke up for a while, got back together uh, in, in our college years, and then eventually we got married. And you would think, you know, after 31 years of marriage, you know somebody. You know them personally. And here's the thing that God desires for us and God desired with Moses. He wanted Moses to know him personally. He wanted Moses to understand his character. It would be the character of God in the presence of God that would help Moses to get through all the issues and all the struggles that he would face as he would lead Israel to the promised land and lead Israel through 
the wilderness. And so I want to look at this, this story of Moses and this relationship that God had with him. So God's desire for us is not just to believe in him, but to actually know him personally. And so why is this important for us to, for us to understand? Our understanding of God shapes the way we view, live, and relate to others in our world. Absolutely. The, how we believe God. So God wanted to make sure that Moses understood who he was first. And what is God, not, not what Moses thinks, but what God wanted to tell Moses. And what we'll discover today is God wants to know us and have a relationship with us. Many will say, you know, they will say, well, I believe in God, but do they really know him? Do they understand his character? The mistake we make is forming a God that we want or a God that fits our needs. And some will say they believe in God this way, but not that way. Well, that's the way you believe in God. We need to look at what did God say about himself? Not what I think, not what others think, but what did God say to Moses? This is imperative for us to understand. So let's look at this. Moses has this encounter with God while looking over his father-in-law's flock. And so Moses is the same one that parted the Red Sea, but before all of this happened, God had an encounter with Moses in Midian. And so let me give you a little background of chapter 3. Um, Moses was spared. Many of you know the story. Moses was spared, spared when he was a child from uh, Pharaoh's plot to kill any Hebrew male child that was born. Moses was found in a basket floating in the water by Pharaoh's daughter. When Moses was older, so he grew up in Pharaoh's court. So when Moses was older, he saw the brutality of the Hebrew people, and Moses retaliated against an Egyptian and had them killed. He killed them, so he flew. He, he fled, and he, he took off to the, to the wilderness. And because of this, he fled to Midian. And as there, Moses has this encounter with God. So let's look at, if you want to look at your Bibles, look at the screens, look at your phones, however you have your, your Bible. I want to look at Exodus chapter 3, and I want us to discover this encounter that Moses has with, with God and how important it is for us to understand the character of God through this encounter. So let's look at um, Exodus chapter 3. Starting verse 1, it says, One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro. Now, Anytime I hear the word Jethro, I'm sorry. Can I be a little immature for just a minute? Come listen now to a story of a man named Jed. <laughs> Poor mountaineer barely kept his family fed. Then one day he was shooting at some food and up came the ground, came a bubbling crude. Oil, that is. Black gold, Texas tea. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I digress, I'm sorry. That... that that's like the best theme song ever for any TV show. So I'm sorry, that was very immature of me, but I couldn't help it. So one day Moses and his flock was father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. And there the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of the bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. And when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called from him in the middle of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. He said, here am I, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for where you are standing is on holy ground. I am, and listen to how he characterized himself. He says, I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And when Moses heard this, he covered his face 
because he was afraid to look at God. There was a respect there. He knew this was God. Look at verse 13. Moses said to God, suppose, because God's calling him to go now and, and deliver his children, to call them to the promised land. So Moses said to God, suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, the God of your father sent me to you. And they ask me, what is his name? What should I tell them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God's response to Moses was simply this. I am. And I want to look at that. That characteristic, that name of God is so important for us to understand. You see, this is where Moses not only meets God, but comes to know him and who he really is. It's here that God shows us that he can be known as someone real. Moses sees a bush on fire, yet it's not burning up. So he goes over to check it up because he's never seen anything like this. Moses, you know, God speaks to Moses through this fire. There's something very important for us to understand about the fire. You see, the fire was a different kind of fire. It wasn't a normal fire. It wasn't like the fire you ladies had, you know, Friday night at your ladies' gathering. You had a campfire and, and, and had s'mores and all that, all, that, all that good stuff. It was a guy's event. We'd have like 18 pallets high and a can of gasoline next to it, right? So that would be our fire. You know, this, this was a different kind of fire. This kind of fire was not fueled by something else. It is a self-consuming fire different from anything on earth. This is a sight to be seen. So the bush didn't burn up, and so Moses is enamored by this. He's like, what's going on? And I want you to understand that the fire is a sign of God's presence, The fire was a sign of God's presence. The fire speaks to the character of God. And throughout Exodus, we will see this sign. God protected Israel in the desert with what? A pillar of fire by night and a cloud by day. That's how he led them. He led them by his presence. When that pillar moved, when that cloud moved, they moved. That was God's presence. They they knew that God was with them through that. And on, on Mount Sinai in the tabernacle, we see God's presence through fire. Now notice when Moses asks God what he used to tell Israel, if they ask what is his name, and he tells them, I am who I am. So what does that mean? What does it mean, I am who I am? The ESV study notes say this, and I like this because this, is, this runs parallel with the fire, the symbolism of the fire. The ESV study notes say that God is a self-existent and not dependent on anyone else. Notice the fire was not dependent on anything else. It wasn't dependent on any type of fuel source. It was completely exclusive from anything else. Just like the burning bush, God is the creator and the sustainer of all that exists. God wanted Moses to know, I will always be with you. I never had a beginning. I am all-sustaining God, existed always, and I'm creator So the word translated, I am, can also be translated, I will be. Meaning that God will always be. He's eternal. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I will always be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. I love that theme about God, that, that covenant he makes with us. As he tells the Israelites in Deuteronomy, he tells them, you know, don't be fearful. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. Take courage. I am with you. I will always be with you. You, I will never leave you or forsake you. In fact, the Hebrew writer reiterates the same thought 
to those that are going under, persecu- uh, under persecution in Hebrews 13, where he reiterates, reiterates that thought again that was given to the Israelites that God would always be with us, that he would never leave us or forsake us. I, I had um, a great opportunity to be in the youth group on Wednesday night. Pastor Brandon wasn't feeling well, and I said, I'll, I'll pitch in for you, Pastor Brandon. I, I, it may be disastrous. You may have to pick up all the pieces next week, but I, I'll chip in for you and help you out. So I got to speak and, and share at the junior high small group. I haven't done a junior high small group in 45 years. So that was fun. And they were great kids. They were great kids. And in that small group, we're, we're talking about the, the spiritual world, the things that we don't see. And, um, and I asked the kids in, in the small group that were there, I said, what do you do when you feel afraid, when you feel alone? And this, this, this one girl in, that spoke up, one junior high girl, she quoted Deuteronomy 31, where it says, do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid for I am with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. And I looked at her and I said, how does that help you? She goes, because I know God's word is true and God will always help me. I'm like, you go, girl. Pastor Brandon and Brittany are doing a great job with their young people. So you go, you go, parents. You go, parents. Keep doing it. And I love that because there was this dependence on God's word, knowing that he would always be with her when we are afraid. That is what God is relaying to Moses. Moses, your life is not going to be easy. What you're going to have to endure is is going to be beyond your strength and your ability. You have to completely depend on me if you're going to make it. There's going to be a time in your life when you're going to be faced with the Red Sea before you and Pharaoh's army behind you, and you got nowhere to turn except me. And you know what? That's okay. Sometimes we have to come to the end of ourselves before we realize how real God is and how much he desires to help us. God does not want to have anything in us that depends on ourself or our pride. I am the sustainer of life. He wanted Moses to know, listen, I am the, your creator. That's it. When you, He didn't give him some big Hebrew dialogue about why I am that I am and go into all the Hebrew and the Greek and everything. He didn't do that. He just simply said this. You tell them, I am. I am sent you. That's what's going to get you through all of the, all the things in your life. I will be with you. I will sustain you. I'm a God that will not leave you or forsake you because there are going to be times in your life where you're going to see no way out and you're going to praise me and glorify me because I'm the way maker and I'm the one that delivers you. And that's where we need to get to ourselves. That's where we need to get to the point in ourselves where it's like, this has got nothing to do with me or my strengths or my abilities. I have to completely depend on you because you're my creator and you know me better than anyone else. You see, God is ever present and will always be with us. So the, the fire that's not consuming anything is this ever presence of God that will always be with us. There's, a ne- there's never a time where God will stop being There's never a time where God will stop being. And so why is this so powerful? Because everything we see around us is caused by something else. Everything has a cause. We know nothing in the material world that has always existed. And God says, I am. I've always existed. And so for God, he is the creator and he has always existed. How arrogant of us to think that there could be no creator. 
That's arrogant of us. That, that's our own pride to believe that there was not something that created everything we, we see. It would be arrogant of a watch to say, well, I designed myself. The watchmaker didn't design me. I designed myself. Or, or the clay to say, well, I, I created myself. I had nothing to do with the potter. And we have to get to the point in our lives where we realize there's more to this world than what we see. We have to get to that point. And God cries out to us through his creation. Cries out. Now, I, I kind of geek out over, I have like really high-powered binoculars and I have a tripod and I like to go out and look at the stars. I like looking at Jupiter and seeing some moons around Jupiter. Some of you are real professional stargazers. But isn't it amazing when you look at the universe and realize that that's God's handprint? God said, I designed this. The universe screams the glory of God. Your life and who you are, God designed you. And he says, I'm your creator and I'm going to do everything possible to redeem you. So the relationship that God has with Moses, Moses has to come to himself and realize he can't do it himself. He goes, I'm going to use you to be my deliverer of Egypt, out of the children of Israel out of Egypt. I'm going to use you, but you've got to completely depend on me and you can't trust your own strength. And Moses would have speaking problems. He would have all kinds of issues in his life. He was not probably the top candidate. But you know what? God doesn't care about our talent or our giftings. He says, I want you to drop all that and let me gift you. Praise me for all the giftings that I've given you and give me the glory for everything that I've done in your life and I will work through you with power. And so we can rest that God is in control and we don't have to worry about the future. With everything going on around us, we can, we can rest assured that God is ultimately in control. So what can we learn from Moses' experience with God? Well, first of all, we can say this, that God wants to meet us with fire. So what do I mean by this? God wanted Moses to believe in him, but always to experience his presence. You see, the fire tells us a couple things about God. Now, we know fire can keep us warm, cooks our food, but yet it can be fatal too at this very same time. God allowed Moses to come close, but he said, take off your sandals for this is holy ground. God wanted Moses to understand, too, that I am holy and there's a certain way that you have to approach me. Now, this is a foreshadow of what Christ would ultimately do for us. By appeasing God's holy standard, we can now, through Jesus Christ, come right up to the fire. We can bow before the presence of God. We can come to God's throne with confidence and boldness, knowing that we can find forgiveness for our sins because of what Jesus did for us. Jesus literally paved the way for us. He, he was the one that did everything for us that we couldn't do for ourselves by dying for our sins. So now through Christ, we can come to a holy God, which we couldn't come through before. There had to be a sacrifice. There had to be all these things that God designed because he wanted to remind his people consistently that, that I'm a holy God. I want to have a relationship with you, but I'm also a holy God. And your sin has to be atoned for. And so this was a way of reminding Moses, yes, I want to have this close relationship with you. However, I'm a holy God. And I'm going to tell you how you can approach me. And you have to do it my way. And it's not going to be through your good works. It's going to be what I provide for you. And so the fire shows the character of God. He wants to draw near us, yet at the same time, we cannot see God's face and not die in his presence. God is a holy God. 
It would be the fire of God's presence that would carry Moses through the rest of his life. God wanted to remind Moses, my presence is always with you. Now let me carry the, the fire uh, symbolism into the, into the New Testament here. God does something for us when we come to him through his son, Jesus. And this is interesting. He gives us this gift of the Holy Spirit. And I like the way um, John the Baptist explains this. John the Baptist is explaining, like, here's, here's my purpose. Um, I've come to baptize you in repentance and pave the way for the Messiah to come. And listen to how he explains what happens when the Messiah will come and what will happen in the lives of those who trust him. So John answered their question by saying, I baptize with water. But someone is coming who is greater than I, so much greater that, that I'm not even worthy to be a slave and untie the straps of his sandals. He says this, John says this about Jesus. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Now, what is this fire? What is John talking about? The fire is God's all-consuming presence in our lives. The fire is God's all-consuming presence in our life. I want you to notice something. The angel of the Lord that appears in the flame and Moses comes near and he hears the, the, the voice of the Lord. Now, many interpreters and many scholars, and I agree with this too, kind of give us an understanding of, of what the angel of the Lord is when you see that in Scripture, specifically in the Old Testament. And so if you heard the voice of this angel of the Lord, it drew him closer. He wanted to know what was going on. And so who was the angel of the Lord? Well, the angel of the Lord is Jesus himself. It's a pre-incarnate form of Christ, many scholars believe, and I believe that too. And so through Jesus, we can approach God without dying. Jesus becomes our mediator. And through Christ Jesus, Jesus says, listen, when I leave, I'm going to send you another one just like me, who is the Holy Spirit, who will not only be with you, but actually be in you, that our bodies actually become the temple of the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God, the fire of God, listen, that Moses experienced through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit, through our relationship with Christ, now lives in us. We can have that presence in our lives every single day. And the reason is because Jesus bore our sins. He appeased the righteous demands of God. And not only that, through Jesus, we are filled with the Holy Spirit, the very presence of God in our lives. And so we need God's presence in our lives if we're going to navigate this world. And listen, I'm going to put myself, you know, with all of you. It's a struggle in our world, and it's so easy to get anxious with what we see around us. And, and we, we, we watch the news and it just gets us so hyper. We just get hyper, don't we? we? We watch these things. And Can I just give you a little word of advice about that? Just stop watching the news, okay? <laughs> just stop it. Stop watching the news. But what happens is when we get immersed in our world, anxiety begins to creep in our, in our hearts. See, Moses, his life was not going to be easy. It wasn't going to be a cakewalk. But what would keep him strong is the encounter that he had with God in the desert of Midian. See, I want you to know something. What keeps you strong in this world is not figuring everything out. What keeps you strong is knowing the presence of God in your life. We need God's presence. 
And so, listen, everything could be going haywire around us, but when we're in God's presence, we know that he is in control. So how, how do we do that? Pastor, how do we do that? How do we gain God's presence? We, we have to be in his presence. We have to be there. God called Moses to come near. You've got to come near to God. How do we draw near to God? We draw near to God through his word. We draw near to God through prayer. We spend that time saying, God, I need you to fill me with your presence. And so what guided Moses is knowing his character, that he was the God of all. There's no other God beside him. And so having that knowledge, knowing that God was ever present, would help Moses to realize that ultimately you are in control. And that's what helps us in our lives, knowing that God is in control, that he is ever existing, that he will never leave us or forsake us, helps us to traverse through this world. And so we need to be in that presence with the Lord. We need to invite him in. And so maybe you're struggling today. Maybe, Pastor, I'm just dealing with anxiety with all the things that are, are going on in our world today and I just it just overwhelms me. Listen, God wants you to revisit him. Say, what are you trusting? What are you putting your hope in? And when you feel that anxiety and the stress come in your life, God says, I want to be alone with you. I want you to know that I'm real. Trust my character. You can trust it wholeheartedly. Listen, the situations around you may not be great, but you can trust my character because I'm worthy of that trust. And then when we seek the Lord and we find his presence in our life, God gives us that peace and the joy that we need to traverse because if we don't have that something else is going to fill it and usually what fills it is something destructive something that's not beneficial for us something that's unhealthy something that's going to drive us away from God's presence you are never alone even in all your struggles and trials God's presence will always guide us it's real he wants you to experience him in a real way. I love the encounter with Moses because it just shows how much God loves us and how much God wants to have a relationship with us. That he's always with us. Trust his character. I was talking to a young person on Wednesday before youth group started and he came up to me. His name's Noah. Noah came up to me and hit his phone. He says, Pastor Brown, I want to show something on my phone. I'm like, okay. And so I'm thinking he's going to show me his motorcycle or so I don't know. He shows me a scripture verse. I'm like, oh, cool. He goes, I gotta show you something. I took a picture of this verse and it, it really helped me. I'm like, oh, really? Okay, talk to me, talk to me. So he, he goes, you know what? Pastor, I've been really struggling with anger. I've been kind of upset with my parents at work and all this other stuff. And he goes, the church gave me a Bible last year as a gift. It was an apologetics Bible. And uh, he goes, I, I started reading it. And he goes, I went to some chapters that deal with anger. And so he was in Proverbs, dealing with anger. And he goes, these verses have helped me so much. And he's like, you know what? It really spoke to me. Like, God's really speaking to me. And I'm like, yeah, that's it. God speaks to us through his word. He was so excited that it was real to him. So I looked and I said, no, isn't that great that God's word is living, it's active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It's not some textbook we read, 
but it's God's living word to you and I. He wants you to experience that every single day in your life. So I don't know where you are today. I don't know where you're struggling with today, but I, I just, I want to encourage you today, wherever you are, maybe you're far away from God. God says, come near. I'm here. I've been waiting for you. Just come near. Let Christ change you. For some of you that have just been battling your life with anxiety and all the things that have been going on in our, in our world, we're going to talk about that more next week and dig into that. But listen, unless we've established our relationship with God. God wanted to make sure he established his relationship with Moses before he sent him back to Egypt. You will not battle correctly unless you know God and you know his presence in your life. And that's first and foremost in your life. We will lose consistently if that's the case. We need to be led by him every single day. Amen? He wants to have that relationship with you. He wants you to know that he is always for us, never against us. So I just want to pray for you today. And let's ask God just to fill us anew and afresh with his presence. Shall we? Would you bow with me just as we pray today and ask God just to help us? And we need to reestablish that relationship with God. Then let's do that through his son, Jesus. Father God, as we just bow our hearts here today, I thank you for the story of Moses and what you did to draw him near. I thank you that you are God who always was and will be. And simply what we need to hear today is to our hearts, hearts that are anxious, hearts that are struggling right now. The word we need to hear is, I am. I will be. So calm our spirits today, Lord. Calm us today to allow us to rest in your character that you never change. Even as we live in a changing world, you never change. You're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we can trust you. We can trust you. And so, Lord, I pray that you would reestablish our hearts once again as we ask you to fill us with your presence. As we, as we desire to know you through your word and through prayer, God, help us to continue that and all, to be consistent with that, to allow you to speak to our hearts and our lives. I thank you for every heart here today, and I thank you how you draw us to your side. You're ever faithful, and we're grateful for that. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. In Jesus' name, we ask these things. And all God's children said, amen. Amen to God's word. Isn't this word good? Gosh, I'm glad I came to church today. I needed to hear that for myself. Um, as we stand today, I just want us, to, as we close in song today, just let's just thank God for his presence and his leading and his guidance in our lives. So just make this your prayer. And so would you stand with me as we sing this to the Lord? God bless you.